sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back to the morning app. Live right here on this Thursday on SportsGrid. It is hour number two on Sirius XM, channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Hour number two, just over two hours away from the tip and the round of 64 on this Thursday in the 2023 Men's NCAA Tournament, West Virginia. In Maryland, get us underway at 12.15 p.m. Eastern Time. The Mountaineers, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. After this opening segment of Hour 2, it is college basketball the rest of the way. The men's tourney with Mike DeCourcy of Sporting News and Big Ten Network and Fox Sports. The women's tournament that starts with the round of 64 tomorrow and a heavy odds-on favorite to win a second straight national championship. That is South Carolina. Maria Marino will join us here on the morning after. And then you'll hear from the gang because, listen, you want to be with your friends, the people you care about as you take in the big dance and maybe beat your coworkers. We'll do that here on the morning after. We start in the association. Some news yesterday from the NBA surrounding Ja Morant, officially handed down from the league office in eight-game suspension for Ja Morant for conduct detrimental to the league's representation. So John Morant, who has already missed six games, away from the Memphis Grizzlies organization, those six contests, including last night's 19-point loss on the road against the Miami Heat, already included in this eight-game suspension. So the ban could be done for John Morant come Monday night when the Dallas Mavericks take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Jaw did sit down with ESPN's Jalen Rose in an interview yesterday. He has taken full accountability for what he did. That gun that was featured in the Instagram Live from the Denver area nightclub, John Morant admitted was not his, but he takes full responsibility for displaying it in those actions that were not what the league office, the Grizzlies organization, or Jaw himself want to portray and put out there for his image so as we mentioned the Grizzlies on the court last night had won three straight without John Morant that came to an end in a 19 point defeat on the road in Miami elsewhere in the Eastern Conference the Philadelphia Sixers have now won six games in a row and Joel Embiid we got a new MVP favorite as the Sixers go on the road last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers a two and a half point road favorite they win by nine 118 109 Jojo 36 points 18 rebounds, well over both of his points props and rebounding prop entering last night. For Joel Embiid, he is now the even money favorite to win the NBA MVP as he has been on a tear, represented in the numbers last night. Six consecutive victories for the Sixers right now as they only sit a game behind the Celtics for that number one, for that second spot, excuse me, in the Eastern Conference. Now to the Western Conference in Southern California, not Northern California. That's not a good thing for the Golden State 
Warriors, as their road record now stands at 7-27 straight up, as the Clippers get a home victory over the Dubs last night, despite a 50-burger from Stephen Curry. The Clips win at home, 134-126, covering as a three-point favorite. 50 points for Steph, but Kawhi and PG combined for 54 in that duo. There should be some concern now for Golden State in terms of winning an NBA championship when you are 7 in 27, the third worst road record in the NBA. Quickly, we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after, live right here on Sports Grid. XM, channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold. I am Ben Stevens. There is more NBA action today. The Bucks look to win their 21st out of 23 games. And the Denver Nuggets looking to snap a four-game skid on the road in Detroit. But some more NFL headlines we bring to you here that we were unable to touch on as the offseason and the league year officially beginning yesterday at 4 p.m. Eastern time on a Wednesday afternoon. It seemed that Darius Slay was going to leave the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, that he was cut, but he was never officially cut. So Darius Slay has now reworked his deal with Philadelphia. He remains in the city of brotherly love. He was a huge part of that secondary alongside James Bradbury, who was re-signed by Philly. That was the best passing defense in the National Football League in 2022. The Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, lose their left tackle from last year, Orlando Brown Jr., signing a four-year four year north of $60 million deal, now with the Cincinnati Bengals. As we focus on the quarterback position, Baker Mayfield, a one-year deal worth $8.5 million to now be the heir apparent potentially to Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers also drafted Kyle Trask in last year's 2022 NFL draft, excuse me, 2023-2021 NFL draft. He will battle it out with Baker Mayfield for that starting spot in Tampa Bay. It's the end of the Ezekiel Elliott era in Dallas the Cowboys releasing Zeke yesterday he has spent the entirety of his career with the Dallas Cowboys as they look to move on and focus on Tony Pollard Zeke's final play as a member of the Cowboys organization snapping the ball to Dak Prescott in that NFC divisional round matchup against the San Francisco 49ers the commanders need a new quarterback this year they sign the long-term veteran Jacoby Brissett for 2020. Three, some more news around the National Football League. Miles Sanders leaves the Philadelphia Eagles after his career year. He is now the new running back for the Carolina Panthers. We come back and focus on the madness. Up next, live right here on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The round of 64 at the 2023 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament tips in just about two hours. The first game up, the number nine seed in the South Wheat region. West Virginia takes on the eight seed in Maryland. It tips off the big dance. 12 consecutive hours of NCAA Tournament College Basketball on this Thursday to start the round of 64. Welcome back to this Thursday, live right here on the morning after. 
I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased to be joined right now to set the stage for all the madness here in the month of March by Sporting News' Mike DeCourcy, also working with the Big Ten Network and a bracketologist for Fox Sports as well. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the start of the greatest two-day stretch run on the sports calendar, the round of 64 in the Big Dance. Oh, I'm happy to do it. Absolutely. It's great to be back. So, Mike, as we set the stage for the NCAA tournament, here is a look at the overall bracket now that the field has been dwindled down after the first four to just 64 teams left. 32 teams in action on this Thursday, 16 games. Overall, Mike DeCourcy, what is the biggest storyline you will be following all March long? Well, I'll be following... Uh... You know, we want to be excited about this deal, right? It's the best day in sports. These 48 hours, I call it the best day in sports. And the storyline, unfortunately, that is overwhelming it to an extent is the Alabama circumstance. And and they did this. uh, If they had had dealt with it properly at the time that it occurred, and in no way have I ever said that the players who were present – needed to be banned from college basketball. I honestly don't know what the punishment that's appropriate is. I just know it's not nothing. And and so that will be following us all the way through for as long as the Crimson Tide remain. And I suggest in my bracket that they'll remain quite a long time. Uh, I will be in Louisville where they are destined to, uh, to a- arrive as well next Friday. And so as much as I would rather not have to deal with that aspect of this tournament, it's going to be right on my doorstep, I suspect, all the way through Houston. As Alabama continues on their path here in the 2023 Big Dance, the headlines will only grow around the star freshman, the SEC Player of the Year, a first-team All-American in Brandon Miller. Of course, what Mike is referencing, on January 15th, a former Alabama basketball player in Darius Miles and another man, Michael Davis Jr., were arrested and charged with capital murder of Jamia Harris. It was revealed in law enforcement testimony just a few weeks ago in Tuscaloosa as the preliminary hearing began that Darius Miles texted Brandon Miller to bring him his gun that was used as the murder weapon. It will continue to follow along with Brandon Miller, Nate Oates, and the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball program throughout this NCAA tournament. From a strictly basketball perspective, Mike, Alabama is the top team in the tourney, the number one overall seed on that one line. As we look at this Crimson Tide team from that basketball perspective, Mike, if they are to make a march to a national championship, what will it take? Well, first, let me let me stress that when I was uh, talking earlier, I'm not complaining about my circumstance. It's a you know, it's a uh, my enjoyment in covering the tournament is a f- small part of of what this is about. I don't want anybody to think I'm complaining because they uh, they uh, messed in my sandbox, so to speak. Uh, uh, I'm I'm complaining because this is a terrible circumstance and and one that, right. that uh, Alabama has handled badly. Uh, but in terms of basketball. Uh, they they have they start with the the terrific size they have up front the the dynamism they have across maybe the biggest now, if you take out Zach Eady being seven foot four it's the it's probably the biggest per position front court uh, that doesn't sacrifice any level of dynamism and that's that's a great asset to have with the uh, with obviously Miller Bediaco uh, Clowney it, it's it's a tremendous trio and then 
we've seen Javon Quinterly at the point guard position continue to get more and more like Javon Quinterly. Uh, he blew his ACL at the start of this tournament a year ago, so it would be natural. It would take him a while to get back to who he is as a point guard, but we're seeing that now over the last six or seven games. We're seeing the player who is capable of running a championship team without a doubt. So in, in that sense, they have all the components, and the the distraction, again, it's, it's uncomfortable to call it that, but uh, people have asked me what about the distraction relative to their pursuit of a championship. And they went to Nashville a week ago, and they did not seem bothered by any outside circumstance. They were blowing teams that were very good teams off the floor. And so it doesn't seem like that will be too problematic for them, at least until they get to Louisville. Perhaps if they got to the Final Four and it were a Houston on the other side of the bracket, I remember in 2010 uh, thinking I, I knew what Butler's following was then. I knew I knew that they have a very passionate following, but it's not a it's not a voluminous following. And then they made the Final Four in their own city, and the entire Lucas Oil Stadium turned blue. I I, I didn't anticipate that happening. The entire city was yeah. behind them. I've never seen a one sided crowd like that at the Final Four, and I suspect if Houston is able to get there. Uh, their fans don't have to travel very far, and a lot of people from the town will turn red that day, uh, and it will it will be a different environment for Alabama and everybody else that arrives. Houston, the one seed in the Midwest region, an 18.5-point favorite today against Northern Kentucky. Alabama, a 23.5-point favorite against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. In Kansas, the defending national champions, a 22.5-point favorite in their 116 matchup against Howard. As you look at the 1-versus-16 games today, Mike, on this opening Thursday of the round of 64, which of these three matchups do you think will be the most competitive? Well, I will say that, first of all, we don't know about Houston. And Houston without Marcus Sasser on Sunday was, I thought the word lost best described what I watched them do against Memphis. They did not seem comfortable at all. And for them at this point, it's mostly about advancing. I, I don't think that they are that concerned about how, how, how much they beat Northern Kentucky by. Uh, because, it, because it's about, do we play Marcus if he's not ready to go? Uh, or do we hold him out to the weekend? And if they do play Marcus Sasser, do they limit his minutes, et cetera? So for them, I think it's it's more about survival than it is. Uh, and, and I don't think survival is going to be that tough. But it's more about survival. And then you look at Howard, which I think is a very good basketball team. I, I, if, if there were a team out of that group that I would say had a chance to cover, I think Howard would be the one because they've had a really strong season. They've played a great MEAC schedule and did really well against some highly competitive opponents. The Bison into the NCAA tournament for the first time in three decades. Mike, one of those spots in the South region that everybody looks at is the classic 5-12 matchup. San Diego State now a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the College of Charleston. Charleston won 31 basketball games this year, Mike, during the regular season, including their conference tournament as the Kings of the Colonial. Is this going to be the spot, Mike, you think we see that classic 12 upsetting a five seed? I did not pick that one. I do think, think San Diego State is a very physically and mentally tough team. 
So I, I didn't go with that one. I actually went with Drake on the opposite side of the bracket, but I would not mm. be at all surprised. One thing I will say, teams that do what Charleston did this year, 30 wins, well, well over 80% success in their in their regular season. Those teams do very well in March, in, in, in March Madness. It's it's We're talking about uh, decades of history that those kinds of dominant teams, they know how to win. So I would not be surprised in the least if they were able to survive San Diego State. And the inviting thing for them is the next round, presumably Virginia, very much like San Diego State. So if you can get that first one, maybe you can get the momentum and go all the way to the Sweet Series. And we'll see if Virginia can stave off the upset attempt of Furman. Right now, the Paladins, a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News and, of course, Big Ten Network as well. Enjoy all the action tomorrow in Greensboro in the opening round today. More the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The country in college basketball goes dancing all over the place. Today, the round of 64 in the NCAA men's basketball tournament here in 2023 tips off. Tomorrow, the round of 64 in the women's tournament also getting underway with more first four action today in the NCAA women's basketball tournament in 2023. Helping us make sense of the madness in the women's bracket it is our good friend joining us live right here on this Thursday on the morning after a legend of FNTSY sports now working with Action Network. It is Maria Marino. Maria, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on this Thursday on the morning after. Thanks for having me, Ben. Always a pleasure. And I appreciate the FNTSY reference. Um, there are a few of us uh, still remaining from that era, but uh, happy to be here and talk some hoops. Maria, we are very glad to have you here as well. <laughs> On Selection Sunday, the field of 68 for the women's tournament revealed as well. On that one line, it is South Carolina, it is Virginia Tech, Indiana, and then the final spot, Maria, was a little bit controversial, certainly for a guy that knows himself as Big Ten Ben, as Stanford took the final spot on the one line in favor of Iowa. Maria, were you surprised Ooh. to see the Cardinal get that nod as the final number one seed? I wasn't really surprised. Iowa has been the hotter team of late. They come off that Big Ten championship win. But if you look at the resume as a whole, their record was not as good against net top 25 opponents as Stanford. So Stanford had a, a tougher schedule if you include sort of the entirety of the season and not just a bit of recency bias with how well Iowa has been playing and, and how dazzling Caitlin Clark has been of late. It was certainly debatable. Um, and I think, you know, if we had seen Iowa on that one line, um, no one would have been complaining per se. But uh, to see Stanford there, I, I was okay with that. There are four Big Ten teams in the top 16 of the net rankings. There are seven 
Pac-12 teams in the top 30. So the overall depth of the conference in the Pac-12 also makes sense. And as Lisa Bluter, the head coach of the Iowa women's Hawkeyes basketball team said, it doesn't really matter. We're happy to be in the dance. We now focus on the matchups ahead. Because Maria, frankly, everybody, one, two, three, four, five, doesn't matter what seed you are, trying to catch the defending national champions, the unbeaten perfect side in South Carolina. A perfect 32-0 season and an SEC championship to boot entering the NCAA tournament, trying to go back-to-back as national champs. Maria, how do you describe the dominance of South Carolina this season? How do I describe the dominance? Um, It's been an incredible season for South Carolina, and I would just say that they are not unbeatable, but pretty close. I think Mm. another team on their best day and South Carolina not playing their best game could potentially result in a South Carolina loss at some point in this tournament, but I think it's highly unlikely just because of the depth of South Carolina. You have Aaliyah Boston, who is averaging fewer points than she did last year, and yet they're still undefeated. And and why? Because they have a bench that is, I believe, averaging like 40 points <laughs> per game. Yeah. Um, so they have just this uh, sort of like a, a line change in hockey. They just have all of these subs that they can take in off the bench and um, just not experience a dip. And that depth is probably going to be the reason why they cut down the nets uh, for a second straight year. And I actually did want to say one other thing because you were talking about um, Iowa and Stanford before in the Pac-12. For what it's worth, I still have Iowa making the Final Four um, in hmm. that in that region. So just just throw that out there because because Stanford has lost two of their last three. They fell to UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament, I wouldn't be surprised. So I don't think right. the seeding matters that much. So going go uh, a little back off topic there, but <laughs> South Carolina uh, is obviously the team to beat and has a very good chance of, of repeating in this tournament. And two superstars in that potential matchup of Stanford versus Iowa, the big down low for the Cardinal, that would be Cameron Brink. And of course, Caitlin Clark. We'll get to Caitlin Clark in just a moment. When you look at Aaliyah Boston, Maria, she's a walking double-double at times. She averages pretty much a double-double, 14 points, nearly 10 rebounds a game. Might not be the most illustrious numbers because she pretty much does that in two quarters. She hasn't had to play the duration of all four quarters for a majority of this season. Again, for the undefeated, Odds-on favorite to make it two straight national championships. South Carolina, minus 180 for the Gamecocks to go back-to-back. They have won 38 straight games dating back to last year as well. So, Maria, when you look at the other teams on that one line, whether it's Stanford, Virginia Tech, or Indiana, who do you believe South Carolina's biggest challenger in the tournament field is? (laughs) Well... It's it, This is really tough because, again, some of those one seeds were debatable, as you pointed out. Virginia Tech has put together a really, really impressive season. Their record uh, against net top 25 opponents uh, is 10-2. and two. I believe the only other team that has at least 10 wins against net top 25 opponents is UConn. Um, so they, um, while they've had an impressive season, 
they don't have that experience where you can say, oh, they made it to an Elite Eight last year. They, like, they haven't made it to a Sweet 16 since the late 90s. So they're in a bracket with, with UConn, and I think a lot of people still feel that UConn is going to make it back to the Final Four just because even though they're a two seed, they have just that, that experience, that history, and that consistency when it comes to their coaching staff and just the experience of their squad having made it to 14 straight Final Fours and this current team having been in, in the Final Four the last couple of years. So um, I think looking at that, there's, there's a lot of teams that um, I could see potentially beating South Carolina that are not one seeds, but two seeds. We talked about Iowa. And, and the reason uh, I feel like that with, with Iowa is just, again, they're playing very hot and they have a generational player in Caitlin Clark who, you know, can do superhuman things to get you there. And I think that matters. You know, for sure, team chemistry matters and a game plan matters. But sometimes when you need to win a game, you need a player that can make that shot for you. And, and Caitlin Clark is that. Um, you know, Indiana, they uh, were not able to take home the, the Big Ten tournament championship either. You talked about, you know, the Pac-12, Big Ten. Those are two very, very good conferences. So that that fact doesn't necessarily tell me, oh, well, they can't win it all. Um, but, yeah, I, I, uh, I find myself wondering about UConn once again and a potential rematch in the national championship game. When you look at what Indiana was able to do this year, Maria, their first Big Ten regular season title in a very long time, South Carolina, because they were the defending national title winners and continue to be perfect 38 consecutive wins, there was only one time this year the Gamecocks were not ranked unanimously number one in the country. Indiana was the only other team to earn that vote throughout the regular season for the top team in the land. Maria, you have covered the UConn Huskies for many, many years, very closely. There is maybe this idea, because sadly, Paige Beckers has not played the entirety of this season, injured again in the offseason, and the fact that Gino Oriema and UConn have not, not won a national championship since 2016, maybe this UConn powerhouse is starting to slip just a little bit. I wouldn't be too sure. A 29-5 and record, <laughs> a Big East tournament championship, as well and like you said maria better odds than virginia tech the one seed in their region to reach the final four in odds on favorite price and win a national championship uconn has made it to 14 consecutive final fours what right. will it take for the huskies to get back there once again it's just going to take continuity with the return of az fudd similar to what happened last year when Paige becker's uh, return to UConn just before the Big East tournament, um, they, they were getting her integrated again and 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 back into the fold. And I think AZ Fudd can be that player again for UConn to really help take them over the top. But if you have listened to Gino Oriema at all recently, he'll tell you that the difference for his team is, is going to be the play of his bigs, Dorka Juhas and Aaliyah Edwards. And I know exactly why he's saying that, because he's envisioning if we're going to beat South Carolina, those are really going to be the players that have to step up because of Aaliyah Boston, because of Camilla Cardoso coming off the bench for South Carolina. Their, the size of South Carolina is incredibly imposing. They're just a very physical team. And um, so I really think that those two things coming together, if the bigs can play to their their greatest potential and and 
remember, UConn lost by, uh, by four to South Carolina, albeit on their home floor earlier this season. And Dorka Uhas had a, had a bad game. She did not play well. So if you have if you have Dorka and Aaliyah Edwards playing very well, and then you have AZ Fudd, a sharpshooter, able to just spread the floor like we haven't seen, UConn hasn't had that luxury this entire season because AZ's been out almost the entirety of the season. Um, so those things are going to be the factors uh, when you talk about being able to beat South Carolina. And I just like to point out, too, that you know, UConn, they had a couple of uh, uh, conference losses this year, which is rare. They were playing the majority of the year with seven or eight available. And the, the couple that they were bringing off the bench were not typically people that would get minutes. Um, and imagine this. They get a week of rest going into the Big East tournament. They coast. Now they have more rest. So they have the rest. They have the experience. There you go. <laughs> that postseason pedigree is certainly what UConn has. Maria Marino, thank you so much for your time. More of the morning after. Up thank next. you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The day has arrived. It is the round of 64, the opening day of the NCAA men's basketball tournament with a 64-team field after the first four has now been completed. Thursday and tomorrow, Friday, are the two greatest days on the sports calendar. Picture your day today. You've already blocked off your afternoon with work meetings you are talking trash to your best friends because your bracket is better than theirs you have already locked in i hope by listening to us all week long on the morning after since the bracket was unveiled your 17 best bets for the opening round of 64 action today that is the beauty of the madness that is the beauty of the big dance getting to be around the people you like to spend time with and watch ncaa tournament college basketball that's what we'll do here live on this thursday on the morning after is we will go person by person friend by friend co-worker by co-worker and give you our final four picks for the 2023 big dance we start with our executive producer here in the mornings alex fasano faz thank you so much for joining us here to get this carousel going on this thursday morning of the opening round of 64 in the ncaa men's basketball tournament alex fasano the stage is yours. What is your final four for this year's big dance? Ben, happy to kick you off here on this glorious Thursday, the start of the tournament. I, I don't think I saw a bigger smile on anyone's face other than yours when you walked in the door. You were, you were amped and ready to go. So as you said, I'll take it away. Faz's final four. Take these with a grain of salt, ladies and gentlemen. I just like these teams, so I figured I would take them to be your last four standing. Alabama plus 150. I mean, my reasoning is just because I feel like everybody's rooting against Alabama, so why not take the team that everybody doesn't want to see in the final four? They are still a one seed, though, so I like their chances. Duke, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of love on Duke until the last week or so. Everybody starts taking Duke now, so why not get them at a plus 650 price? Houston, another number one seed. I mean, home court advantage, right, Ben? I think they're the edge there. They're, they're number one seed for a reason, so go Cougs. And Gonzaga at right. plus 360. I got it earlier at plus 430. 
So the line is already moving in my favor. I got a little more value on that. This is the, you know, every, Gonzaga's always in it, right? And I feel like this is the right. one year they can get over the hump. So put them in the final four, and then they are my champion at 15 to 1. Because, again, eh, you know, they're always in the race. Gonzaga's always there. So why not get over the hump this year? Go Bulldogs at 15 to 1. Never has, or never has Gonzaga, rather, won a national championship in program history despite being oh-so-close multiple times two national championship appearances in the last decade that plus 360 number faz for the bulldogs in the very competitive west region growing shorter by 70 cents yesterday for a man that also has gonzaga in his final four i was quite pleased to see that plus 360 now for the zags just 30 cents behind ku and UCLA, who are tied for the favored number to represent the West region in the Final Four in Houston at plus 330. So, Faz, you are downstairs in our production pit with everybody around you. Sadly, a man that does fantastic work for us here each and every day on a daily basis on the morning oh, after. Yes. Our graphics producer, Jesse Metzger, not in person today, but obviously still here on the show. Faz, you have... The numbers of the sharpest handicapper of this TMA group. <laughs> Who does Jesse see in the final four? There we go. The sharpest in the book right there. Jesse's final four. He's taken Alabama also at plus 150. So we like that. We're all riding together. Uh, Purdue. There you go. A little bin, Big Ten shout out for you, Ben. Purdue. I mean, everyone says they're frauds, though, as a number one. But, hey, he likes them in the final four. So there we go. Go Boilermakers for Jesse. He's riding with the Cougars, much like myself, plus 135 to make the final four. And UConn. Uh, I don't really like it because they're taking on Iona in the first round, even though they probably yeah. are going to beat Iona. But, you know, the Huskies are looking good to make the Final Four plus 500. And his champion is Alabama at plus 750. You know, yours truly has got Alabama at plus 950 to win the whole big dance. So I'm riding with Ooh. you too, Jesse. He's the sharpest guy on the crew for a reason, right, Ben? I mean, come on. we got to trust him, right? Yeah. The Tide growing a little bit shorter in terms of winning that national championship eight to one after the bracket was unveiled now plus 750 as they get under underway in this round of 64 thursday as a 23 and a half point favorite against texas a&m corpus christi i can see him creeping up let's get him into frame john shames our producer here on the morning after about to give you his final four picks as well shamesy guy hop into the captain's chair and take us through your final four truly a conveyor belt of our entire team here on the morning after and a part of the spiz grizz shamesy is a college basketball guy your final four please Big-time college basketball guy. Listen, I want to bring my glasses out here because everyone sounds smarter when they're wearing glasses, obviously. And I already 100%. know so much. Yep. I mean, when, when I put the glasses on, the word becomes the word of God. Fasano was a little questionable about his picks, but I'm feeling super confident. So let's slide that board in. I'm going chalky here. Number one overall seed, Alabama Crimson Tide. They're a wagon. They got Brandon Miller, who's one of the three best players maybe in college basketball at the moment here. Purdue, let's bring it, keep, it, keep it going down the list. Purdue, I think they're getting too slept on right now. There was a point where everyone mm. was fading Purdue, and now I think it's coming back the other way. Give me the Boilermakers at plus 300 to make it out of that region. It's a, a region with a lot of parity, but I think they can do it behind that 7-5, 7, 7, 7 16 whatever you want to list them at. Zach Eady, that guy is an absolute beast. Let's keep it rolling here. 7, Texas, I'm going with Texas here. They're playing their best ball right now. I think they're coming out of a great conference in the Big 12, but they're looking dangerous, and they've had a couple good games with Kansas here. So 
I'm looking at Texas, you know, to get it done here. And then how about those Zags, baby? Everyone's on Gonzaga pretty much in the pit, it would seem like right now. Listen, Anthony DeBundo yesterday came on the show, someone whose opinion I respect very greatly. And he said, you know what? Gonzaga playing the best ball right now of anyone in the country. So let's go keep it rolling. Gonzaga to make the Final Four. And then your champion, the Texas Longhorns. <laughs> We're going Texas, baby. Can't exactly tell you why, but it was a gut thing. We're going horns, baby. Yes, sir. There it is. That's how you want to finish off right there. Can't tell you why I like this team, but they're going to win the national championship. Next That's up, what it's about, baby. It, hey, listen, sometimes it's a gut feel. Rodney Terry has done a sensational job with the Longhorns, the Big 12 tournament champions. Next up, it's the Botch Man. Giving out the Scotch picks, it's Andrew Bocci Galupo. Bunch, it seems like we all hang out too often because a lot of us have the same Final Four. I thought I was unique with Gonzaga representing a very competitive West region. Turns out I'm not alone. And Bocci, welcome to the club, the Zags, out of the West into the Final Four. Oh, yes, Ben. When people zig, we zag. Gonzaga's not being talked enough about in this tournament. A mm. three seed, you could argue they could be a two or a one. I've got Gonzaga going to the Final Four. And I have been flipping all week long. Is it Gonzaga? Is it Texas? I'm rolling with Texas to go over Gonzaga mm. and win the national title over Alabama. Alabama, Kentucky on the other side of the bracket. Ben, we were watching Selection Sunday. And when that region what? came out, that region with Purdue and Duke and Kentucky, and we said, Oh, come on, the Blue Bloods and MSG in the Elite Eight? The stars need to align in March. Give me Duke and Kentucky Ooh. playing right across the street from us here at the Garden. Bama, Kentucky, Texas, and the Zags in the Final Four. And we're going to hook them again with Texas mm. winning the national title. Then let me put my horns down as I have Texas losing in the Midwest Regional Final, the Elite Eight, against the Houston Cougars. But, Botch, you're right. To think about what next Saturday evening could be if the East Regional Final is Duke and Kentucky in the Garden, that would be one of legend. A man that will be in attendance as he and Mr. Friezo make an appearance at pretty much every East Regional game in the NCAA Tournament. It is Joe Frizo, reluctant to be on camera today, but he is here along with Bocci, our two associate producers here on the morning after. He is the stat man. He is Mr. Freeze. Frizo, take us through your final four, please. Yeah, we got a couple issues here. I mean, one, obviously, you get forced to come on the show, but I had to do it. It's the best day of the year, so I had to come on. Other <laughs> issue, our boss is next. I got to be quick here because he's anxiously waiting to get onto the show. And then three, me yeah, and Alex have the same I'm final sure. four. So I'll go through mine here. Let's look at it. Alabama, my pick here. Obviously, the number one overall seed. Got to get a little bit chalky. Then going down the list, going to Duke at, in the, out of the East region. Hopefully, I can be there to see that as I am a, a Duke fan. Hate to admit it, but I am. And yeah, Duke, I mean, the people love Duke. We know that. Then we're going to go down to Houston. Houston, the Sasser injury. Uh, you know, I'm a little torn about it. More worried about Indiana, to be completely honest there. But I think Houston gets through the formula of defense and not turning the ball over. Will play in March. I think Gonzaga, everyone's kind of riding with them, as we can see here. Everything. Maybe a little nervous, but now I'm going to still I'm going to stick with it. We all love Gonzaga, so I'm going to go with them. And then the champion, Alabama, at plus 750, I will take them. I have to give you a stat here. I can't come on the show and not give you a stat. Please. Not a great stat. Not, not a great stat, but I would say it's a good stat, pretty good stat. I'm going to go Alabama, number one not overall seeds. Okay. 
Yeah. No, it's a good stat. Uh, so the number one overall seed not, has not won. Not a mid won. stat, though, right? No, a good stat. So the number one overall yeah. seed has not won in eight NCAA tournaments since the last time the number one overall seed won. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Alabama to buck that trend. So give me Alabama, and I will I'll get out of here and not come on the show for a couple months. Well, that was great. We'll see you back for the U.S. Open as we get ready for tennis later in August. Thank you so much, Frizo. Now, El Jefe, the sus man, a former FNTSY legend as well, whose alma mater tips us off here in the round of 64 on this Thursday in the NCAA tournament. Sus, the Maryland Terrapins and West Virginia. However, no Maryland in your final four. Sus, what is your final four for the big dance? Listen, for me, I, I take a look at the Pac-12, a perennially underrated conference because not enough people watch them. Arizona, plus 350 to come out of that region. Arizona, plus 1,500 to win it all. One of the best players in college basketball. Not enough people know his name. They will by the end of March. Arizona is going to win the national championship here this year, Ben. Mm. Wow. Sus, I think that name you're looking for, Uzelis Tubelis, or, yeah, that's how it is, for Arizona, as he is their big man, their forward. He plays very well. Arizona, very talented in what they can do with Courtney Ramey off the bench as well. Sus, quick thoughts. Maryland, West Virginia, tips off the tournament at 12.15 p.m. Eastern time. Are Kevin Willard and the Terps going to advance to the round of 32? Much like everybody fading Purdue, you've heard the guys talking about it. Everybody hates Maryland, right? Everybody's picking against Maryland. Well, I'm not. Go Terps here. Go Terps today. We're going to stand up a little bit, Eastern tip-off. We're going. Here it is. Get it in the camera, Ben. There right it there. is. There We're it is. We're going for it. We're going with the Terps today. Obviously, getting the win in the opening game of the tournament. But with just a minute to go here, Ben, I got to throw it over to you. I want to hear what your Final Four is. It's finally time. We've waited all week long, all season long. This is it, Ben. Who you got? Sus, great hosting job there. Teeing me up for my Final Four in the 2023 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Out of the South region, the Creighton Blue Jays, the sixth seed that I think will run through the bottom half and upset Alabama in that South Regional Final. I'll take Kentucky out of the East as well in an up-in-the-air portion of the bracket. I've had a Houston Final Four ticket since late November. We cashed that hopefully here in the big dance. And Gonzaga out of a competitive West region with Sus. The Houston Cougars cutting down the nets in H-Town, their hometown, as the 2023 national champions. We are just over an hour, hour 20 minutes away, Greg Sussman, from those Maryland Terrapins starting off the big dance. A best bet for the round of 64, up next on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here. Live on the morning after on SportsGrid. On this opening Thursday of the round of 64 for the 2023 men's NCAA tournament, the country continues to dance in college basketball. It is the start of the best two days you will find on the sports calendar. And we are thrilled that you have been here with us on TMA on this Thursday. Before we say farewell and send you into your day in the madness. Of course, you need a best bet. So before we say goodbye, 
It's time for a round of 64, best bet that contradicts everything I am as Big Ten Ben. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. Penn State this past week in Chicago was on the cusp of history. As a 10 seed in the Big Ten tournament, they were one of three double-digit seeds to ever make it to the conference championship game, and they gave Purdue everything the Boilers could handle. Penn State is a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament as well. On this opening round of 64 Thursday, they take on the 7 seed, Texas A&M. Right now, the Aggies are a uh, two-and-a-half-point favorite for that 7-10 matchup in the Midwest region. Now, Penn State shoots the three a ton. The 10th highest clip of field goals attempted this year coming from beyond the arc at more than 47%. They are the ninth-best three-point shooting team in the country, more than 38% from deep. But if you live by the three, you die by the three. And A&M is the 38th most efficient defense in college basketball, known for tenacity and making everything difficult. It will be imperative for Texas A&M and Buzz Williams to run the Nittany Lions off that three-point line. The Aggies as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. There is plenty more March Madness coming your way at noon Eastern time. It's myself and our coach, James Young, on the in-game live Bracket Central special as we follow along with the opening round of 64 action in the NCAA tournament. Join us then. The morning after, back tomorrow on a Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern.